tonight, you know, as we continue to study through the, this book, Spiritual Discipleship, we're going to be covering chapters 5 and 6. And chapter 5 uh, covers the disciple's master. Chapter 6 covers the disciple's senior partner. And let me ask you guys, who is the Lord of your life? Who's going to answer that? We should all answer that, right? Jesus, right? Jesus Christ. Let's hear that again. I didn't hear it. Okay, that's better. <laughs> uh, and as we study through this chapter, you know, we're going to be uh, taking a closer look at that. But, you know, as Christians, you know, we do profess that Jesus is Lord. But the question that we need to ask is, is, is are you making Him Lord of your life? Are you truly making Him Lord of your life on a daily basis? And that's an important to, question to ask ourselves. Is He the Lord at, at home with your family and kids? Is He the Lord at work where you work? You know, with your work ethic, with your co-workers? Is He the Lord at, at your place of employment? Is He... The, 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 your, your Lord out there when you're out there in the community you know interacting with, with people who are lost is He being the Lord of your life at that time how about when you guys are out in the gym is, is He being the Lord of your life at that, at, in that setting or are you kind of forgetting that and, and allowing your eyes to wander how about here in the church are you allowing Him to be the Lord of your life when you come to church? Or is there other motives involved as we come to church? Important questions to ask. In Matthew seven twenty one twenty three, 23 it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You know, our entire social and political structure requires that there be a central authority in charge, right? To, to prevent any chaos from, from taking place. And we see that that authority in place at the city level, right, with, with, with the mayor. We see it at the state level with the governor. We see it at, at the national level with our president. These are authorities that have been placed in order to prevent chaos. At, in the schools, we see who's the authority, the, the, the superintendent, right? How about the churches? The authority is the, the, the senior pastor, uh, his leadership staff. So there's authority in place at these different areas, different levels. And with that being said, we ask the question, you know, in whose hands does the ultimate authority rest? God, right? God is an authority over all these things. And that's what uh, we need to be reminded of. You know, as Christians, we have the choice on what authority to submit to, Right? We could either submit to the authority of God's will, or we could submit to the authority of our own self-will. We have a choice. And there are three things that we, as Christians, 
have to contend with as we try to follow the authority of God's will in our lives. We face the attacks from the world, right? And everything the world has to offer to us, that's one, one, uh, 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 one force. The other one, of course, is the enemy with his spiritual attacks through the, the forces of darkness. That's another force that we have to contend with. And, and lastly, of course, we face the attacks from the lures and temptation of the flesh. These are things that are, are coming at us and opposing us as we're trying to live a life that's at the center of God's will and ultimately submitting to the authority and lordship of Jesus Christ. You know, and, and, and of course, we need to be reminded of that and be prepared. Now, the scriptures tell us that as Christians, He is the Lord of all, right? He is the Lord of all. And, and we need to ask ourselves, are we truly allowing God to be the Lord of our lives? Or is our living being dictated by other things that are lording over us? So what sorts of things can lord over us? You know, a lot of things, right? Who uh, here considers themselves to be saved? Amen. And I hope all of you raise your hand. Uh, if not, we will pray for you. But do you remember, you know, when we all first got saved and we accepted Jesus Christ in our hearts? Remember that day? And what, 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 what did we pray in our hearts? What did we profess? Did we say, I believe in Jesus Christ and we left it at that? No. There was more to it. You know, we prayed that we believed through faith in the person of Jesus Christ and all His promises of salvation. We asked Him to forgive us, right, of our sins. And, and we asked that He would be our Lord and our Savior. So we made a public proclamation for Jesus to be Lord of our lives and promised that we would always follow Him according to His will and according to His ways. And the important point here is that as we came to that saving faith in Jesus Christ, we accepted Him as both our Lord and our Savior. Not just our Savior. And there are some teachings that will try to instill the understanding that saving faith only requires the acceptance of Jesus Christ as our Savior, and they intend to leave out the requirement of establishing Him as our Lord. They leave that part out. And Christians who fall to this kind of teaching will justify that they can experience a saving faith in Christ while not having to make Christ the Lord of their lives. That's what they will justify and rationalize. They accept Jesus as a source of saving faith and they gladly accept the promise of salvation but refuse to make Jesus the Lord of their lives and refuse to bow down to His will. And unfortunately, there's many Christians that are falling to that kind of teaching. And this kind of teaching is not biblical. You know, it allows Christians to justify their sinful and compromised lives. And, 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 and they fall to pray to that kind of teaching. You know, in Romans 10, verses 9 through 10, um, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So Christ's call for all of us from the day we came to saving faith was not merely to believe in Him, but to be His disciples. And it meant a lot more than just believing right on, on just the facts, the doctrinal facts. We, we were accepting Him, believing Him, but we also were uh, proclaiming that we were going to be His disciples, His followers, His students of the Word. And it really meant a lot for us to do that because we were choosing to live our lives in obedience to His Word and His will. So as we confess He is Lord, we're accepting Him as the Lord of our lives and living in a way that is dictated by His Lordship in our lives. So that's that. those are important elements as we come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. So when we choose to disobey His Word and live out God's will, when we, when we refuse to live out God's will, we're refusing His Lordship in our lives. So when we're disobeying what the Word says and we're out of God's will, we are negating the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. In verse... uh, If you want to go ahead and turn actually to Acts chapter 10, and we'll be reading verses 9 through 16. So Acts chapter 10, uh, verses 9 through 16, we read about Peter's uh, vision. So in verse 9 it says, The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near, uh, near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and led down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord. For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed you, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. In verse 14 here, we see Peter's initial uh, response to God's command. What was that response? Not so, Lord. For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. So Peter's initial refusal to obey God's command here was in a way negating God's lordship. And his response expressed a form of of, of disobedience to our Lord. You know, and as the story goes on, Peter ultimately does obey God's command and and agrees uh to go and end up and to go to the uh, centurion uh, Cornelius's house, the Gentile, and preached at that house. And what did he preach there? That he is Lord of all. So his his heart changed. 
And, and Peter learned a valuable lesson here that even though, you know, it was unlawful for the Jews to keep company with the Gentiles, he realized that, that, that God was showing him that he should not call uh, uh, any man common or unclean. So his initial refusal, you know, to obey was really based on his own traditional cultural Jewish uh, traditions. But despite that, the entire Gentile family of, of Cornelius was saved. So God still worked in and through all that. But he had to work in, in Peter's heart here. and Because initially he was being disobedient to, to his commands. And how often do we do the same? You know, as we refuse to obey the instruction of the Holy Spirit. You know, He, he will command us to carry out certain tasks. You know, like getting rid of sins in life or, 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 or sharing the gospel with that person or ministering to that person that's hurting or, or stopping to pray for that person. You know, how often do we refuse to reach out to those who are physically unclean or are living out in, in the streets, the homeless? How often do we, do we fail to stop and, and minister the word to them? You know, are we allowing our fears and our inconveniences to get in the way from us obeying the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit will, will tug at our heart and, and, and try to lead us to these opportunities of, of ministry, opportunities to witness. But mo- many a times, unfortunately, we do not respond to that leading. We need to obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. And as we refuse the Holy Spirit's command, we are responding the same way that Peter responded in effect saying, Not so, Lord. We don't want to respond that way to our Lord. Right? You know, as Jesus uh, preached to the the, the crowds in in Luke 6.46, He said, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? We cannot be professing that He is Lord of our lives and living in disobedience to His Word. There's an inconsistency there. We can't have that kind of inconsistency as, as Christians. John fourteen fifteen says, If you love me, keep my commands. And we all love the Lord, right? We want to keep His commands. We want to obey His instructions through His Word. You know, we serve a jealous God who does not want us to have any other gods in our lives. And what other gods do we tend to have in our lives? You know, we got hobbies, right? We got sports. It might be sports. It might be our job. It might be the love of money. It might be television. It might be the computer, the internet. It might even be our kids. We make them our gods. You know, there's nothing wrong with these things. But it's when we allow these things to overconsume our time and our attention that moves us away from the things of God. That's when they, we, we make them our gods. And we need to be careful. You know, Matthew 6.24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You know, we must be we must glean from from the example of the apostle Paul upon his conversion. You know, as he realized that he was facing Jesus on the road to Damascus, what was his response? What shall I do, Lord? 
and 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 that should be our response. You know, as as we've been, we've gone, we've been converted. Our response should be, "What shall I do, Lord? What do you have for me, Lord?" And once you hear God's calling for you, and you feel that that the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart, the next step is to respond in obedience. And that's where, unfortunately, a lot of us, you know, do fall short on. You know, our response of obedience is a submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And as we submit, you know, to His Lordship, this will not go unopposed, right? We have an adversary, the devil, that will do everything that he can to to, to circumvent this, this submission process. And He doesn't want us to be, of course, submitting to, to, to God's authority. He wants us to submit to His Oswell mentions there are three areas that are involved as we submit to the Lordship of Christ. Number one, there's a full submission to His authority. What does that mean? This involves an absolute, complete surrender to the will of God. And this requires a full surrender of our will and and, and to align our will to His will. It involves a full surrender of our selfish pride. It involves a full surrender of the sins in our lives. You know, it involves a full surrender of those dead weights that that hinder our spiritual walks. And it involves a full surrender of of the things that that keep us from from getting in His Word and walking in the Spirit. And it does require us to allow His Word and His Spirit to lead and guide our daily living. That that's that's what full submission to his authority is. And this surrender is, is an absolute, right? It, it means it's absolute, not a partial surrender. It's a complete surrender. And it, it doesn't mean a partial surrender where you're just surrendering to things that are convenient for us to surrender. And we hold on to things that 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 may not be convenient or, may, or maybe we're enjoying them. And we refuse to surrender those things. And we all know, you know, in our hearts, what are the things that we're holding on that we know very well are not pleasing to the Lord? You know, what are the things that we're holding on that we know maybe our, 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 our spouse does not, is not even aware of, but we're holding on to that because we, have, we get enjoyment out of that. We need to come clean with the Lord. He knows what we're hiding. He knows what we're holding back. And He wants us to surrender all that stuff to Him. And it is a complete surrender of our self-will and allowing God's will to be our guide for our daily Christian living. And we must follow the example of Jesus. You know, as He prayed in the garden, what did He say? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. It's about His will, not about ours. But how often do we hang on to our own will? It gets in the way. The second area is recognition of His ownership. You know, as He is Lord of all, the word Lord carries the idea of an owner who has control of all His possessions. We are His uh, 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 precious possessions. We are His, His treasures. And we all been purchased at a price with the work at the cross, right? And we all belong to God because He purchased us with the blood of Christ. 
you know, and as we've been accepted in the beloved, adopted to the family of God, our very existence belongs to God. And 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 He He owns us. You know, He is our ultimate provider, and our desire should be to want to completely submit to Him as Lord of our life. That should be the desire for all of us. And the third area is unquestioning obedience. And this is talking about obedience from the heart. Sincere obedience from the heart. Are we truly obeying the Lord in, in his, according to his, his Word and His statutes? Are we obeying, obeying His instruction? As we do that, as we are obeying, it is evidence of, of the Lordship of Christ in our lives. If we're not doing it, again, it goes against the fact that we're, we are not, we're, we're not having Him as Lord of our lives. And we're doing exactly the opposite than what His Word says. You know, obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, as we obey God's Word and become doers of the Word, it's evidence for His Lordship in our lives. And, and that's what we all want to be, right? Doers of the Word. We don't want to just be hearers and, and reading the Word and, and not applying it to our lives. You know, we want to respond in obedience. And obedience does bring blessings. And obedience is, again, part of uh, uh, establishing His Lordship in our lives. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. You know, we as men of God should be living a life of obedience, you know, in God's Word and, and His will. And we do this out of our love for our God and to honor Him for who He is and what He has done for every one of us. Right? We want to honor God through by being obedient to Him. And He's done quite a bit on every one of our lives, right? So we need to honor Him, we need to love Him, and respond in obedience. And as we are all working towards living under the Lordship of Christ, we cannot do this on our own, right? We do need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, our Helper, who's been provided by God to enable Christians to be able to achieve lives that are holy and blameless. We can't live lives like that on our own, right? We know that. So we do need a helper. We do need the Holy Spirit to, to empower us, to, to carry us, and to do the things He needs to do in our hearts, in our minds, and give us the strength to move forward and, and in a way living a godly life. It's impossible to live a godly life without the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, chapter 6 discusses that, the work of the Holy Spirit, who is referred to by the author as, as the senior partner that we have this working relationship with. And then he does play a vital role in helping us to live lives that will ultimately glorify God. And that should be the desire of our, of our, of our lives, that they will glorify God ultimately. In John 14, verses 16 through 18, it says, And I will pray the Father... And He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, 
but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. And further, to John 14, verse 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So God has not left us as orphans. And and he uh he has not left us to live a life without his help. That's not the kind of God he is where he will make these demands on us without giving us some divine help. And he has left his holy spirit to dwell with us and serve as our counselor, our comforter our encourager, our convictor, and He's the source of our strength, right? He's the source of our encouragement. And He will empower us to be able to live that Christian life to the fullest potential that God has for us. And that's the blessing. We have the Holy Spirit in us to be able to live a life that accomplishes the full potential that God has set for each of our lives. And that's that's the God we serve. Second Corinthians, um, chapter I mean Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen it says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You know it's the communion or the fellowship with the Holy Spirit that we all have that enables us to accomplish holy living. It's, it's, it's this beautiful fellowship that we could have with the Holy Spirit. Now, is living the Christian life easy? Who could say it's easy? Whoever raises their hand, they're lying. <laughs> you know, it's challenging, isn't it? And the Word of God has set a high standard for us to, for us Christians to obey. So let's see some of those scriptures that that put these high standards for us. Matthew 5.48 says, Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now who could be perfect here <laughs> on their own? 1 Peter 1.16 Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Can we be completely holy without the help of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 4.6 Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Who could do that? Again, it, we cannot do these things on our own. They're, they're, it's a high standard that the Word of God has established for us to follow their demands from God that we should uh, obey but He knows that we cannot do it on our own. And that's why He's left a helper behind to empower us to, to, be, to be able to uh, accomplish that. You know, and they are spiritual commands that are difficult to obey. And not even those, those who are, are gifted with these super godly qualities, maybe some of you may have, not even you guys could accomplish those things on your own. It's impossible. It's an impossible standard, you know, to uphold on our, in our own strength. We do need the Holy Spirit. And we do not serve a God who would just set us up for failure, right? 
where he requires these these demands to be obeyed without the Holy Spirit. So he's been faithful. You know, he's been faithful to provide divine resources to empower us to obey. Now, is this in this fellowship that we're talking about that we have with the Holy Spirit? Uh, fellowship is translated in Greek koinonia. And this koinonia we we are blessed with to have with the Holy Spirit. And this is taking place. Now here at Calvary Chapel, Monrovia, there is a lot of koinonia going on, right? There's a lot of fellowship going on. And, and it's a blessing that we have that at this church. Because it does offer strength. It offers encouragement. And for the body, it offers accountability. It offers instruction and wisdom where you could share things with Christians that may be more mature. You know, so it offers also an opportunity for prayer. You know, so there, there, there's benefits behind uh, koinonia, good fellowship. And the, the same, the same, in the same way, this koinonia that we have with, with the, the Holy Spirit uh, is, 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 it works in a similar way, but in a more powerful and, a, and at a divine level. It's beautiful fellowship that we could experience with the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the koinonia is, in the New Testament is translated five times as partner. And, and we have this spiritual partnership that God has sovereignly provided for us. You know, to be able to, to be the godly men that He wants us to be. Koinonia with the Holy Spirit. And I know we all believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine entity, but He's more than that, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit has, is a divine person as well who allows Himself to be known by every one of us in a, in a personal way. And, and the scripture in John 14, in verse 17, in, in referencing the Holy Spirit, says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him, nor, nor, nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you, and will be with you. And that's the blessing that we have as Christians, that we can have that personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it's a beautiful thing that God has, in His sovereignty, He has uh, provided for us. Now, as the Holy Spirit is a divine person who is worthy of equal love and reverencing as the Father and the Son, that the Holy Spirit has a divine role in in the Holy Trinity, and He deserves our honor and our respect and ultimately our obedience. Now we need to ask, are we giving that to Him? How often do we disobey the Holy Spirit? How often do we you know, disrespect the Holy Spirit? How often do we grieve the Holy Spirit? As Jesus was telling His disciples that He was to be leaving, but that He would be providing another comforter, another counselor in the person of the Holy Spirit, who would be like Jesus. The Holy Spirit is exactly like Jesus. And the desire for all of us should be to develop that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Allow Him you know, to, lay, to lead us, to guide us in our daily living. Have the Holy Spirit be a part of you for everything that you do throughout the day. Don't just refer to the Holy Spirit in your prayer in the morning and 
That's it. You, you gotta acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is working through every aspect of what goes on throughout the day for you. And there's always attacks, right? Where we're at, at the workplace, you're out there, out there, in the, if you're out in the community, there's there's always a, a potential attacks from the enemy. But again, if we're if we're in tune with with the working of the Holy Spirit, if we're in unison with with the Holy Spirit uh, and aligning ourselves with 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 His will, we're going to receive that divine protection and that divine instruction, and we're going to be able to to respond in a way that's according to the will of God. But many times, unfortunately, we 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 do we fail to to turn to the power of the Holy Spirit, or we fail to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We allow other things, the distractions, the the the, the sin in our lives, compromise. Uh, it, it those things keep us from being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You know, and what, what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? What the ultimate purpose is to further God's, God's kingdom through the relationship that He establishes with us. So, you know, as, as any partnership relationship, for it to be successful, efficient, productive, the relationship needs to be in unison and without friction. We want a smooth relationship with our with the Holy Spirit. We don't want to cause friction. We don't want to create conflict. How do we create those conflicts with the Holy Spirit? We allow our will again to get in the way. We allow sin to get in the way and and, and we refuse to obey the Holy Spirit because we're hanging on to some baggage there that needs to be surrendered to God. It's a it could be a, a very efficient relationship that we could be blessed with with the Holy Spirit and, and, and God will use that relationship ultimately to further His kingdom. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, as Christians, we want to be used as vessels to, to, to further God's work in His kingdom on this earth. And He needs us to 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 reach out to to those people that need to be reached out to but if we're not allowing ourselves to be used again for those reasons that we're hanging on to or we're, we're rebelling or we're refusing to obey we're not going to be useful vessels god wants to use every one of us for his purposes and it all starts with allowing the holy spirit to work with you with us in John sixteen fourteen says Jesus speaks of the of the primary ministry of the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me. So the Holy Spirit is is with us to accomplish the work of Christ on earth, and God's desire is for us to enable the Holy Spirit to do the work through our lives as we submit and obey. And ultimately, this is going to glorify God. It's a beautiful relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. And there could be so much fruit out of that if we do our part. And that's where we got to make sure that we are doing our part. Since the Holy Spirit is the so-called senior partner in the relationship, He, he, has, he, he, he should be willing 
we should be willing to submit to his authority and submit to his commands. But how often do we do say no? How often do we say I'm too busy? Or I'm not hearing or I have other things going on. I have other priorities. I can't take care of this right now. You know, so again, we've got to pray that we, we remain sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the problem much of the time uh, happens when we allow our will to, to circumvent that authority of the Holy Spirit. We put in our own agenda in front of the Holy Spirit's agenda. Oswald brings a good point that it, that we often try to make use of the Holy Spirit to accomplish our own plans instead of, lo- of allowing Him to make use of us. We just want to use the Holy Spirit for our own interests, our own uh, goals, and we forget the Holy Spirit has a plan for us, and he's, the Holy Spirit needs to work through us, and we need to respond in a way where, what do you have for me? Use me in any capacity that you have for me. We shouldn't be, again, allowing our self-will to get involved. You know, we learn uh, about Gideon. You know, he became a powerful instrument in God's hand, right? Because Gideon recognized what his position was with the Holy Spirit. And in Judges 6.34 it says, But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. So, he was clothed with the Holy Spirit. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to have a victory, you know, defeating all thousands of, 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 uh, of men with only 300 of his. But he knew very well that it was through the power of the Holy Spirit, God working through him, and that's why he did not take any credit for it, right? He gave God the victory, the, the credit. And it is the power of the Holy Spirit that works through us that will help us accomplish God's work and give the endurance that we need to continue to do work over our lives. So, as Christians, we should never have the reason or use an excuse that we're stepping down from serving God because we're burning out or we burnt out. You, we, we can't burn out in the service of, of the Lord if we're doing it in the strength and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. If we're doing it on our own strength, definitely there's going to be burnout. But if we're doing it right and if we're serving the Lord again through the Holy Spirit, there shouldn't be any burnout in the service to the Lord. But unfortunately, it happens. Many people will burn out, but for the wrong reasons. They were doing it in their own strength. And they weren't trying to, you know, they weren't praying for the fresh filling and, and empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do that ministry. So that's the blessing that we have available to us, this divine resource through the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit uses us to accomplish His work, we must not forget that we have to do our part by equipping ourselves through the study of God's Word. Right? So we still need to do our part. You know, as we, we study God's Word, the Holy Spirit will help us come to an understanding of all these un, unsearchable uh, 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 riches of Christ and, and provide us with, with these treasures of godly wisdom and knowledge of God's Word. 
But we can't just sit back as Christians and, and not do our part and not, not study His Word. Because the Holy Spirit wants to use us in a powerful way, but we need to do our homework, right? And, and, and be uh, uh, consistently, faithfully getting in His Word and allowing His Word to build us up and equip us to be ready again to do the work that the Holy Spirit has for us. It's not just a, a, a one-sided thing. We, it goes both ways. The Holy Spirit is our divine tutor, if you will. You know, He brings clarity. He brings understanding of God's Word. He illuminates God's Word to us. There is spiritual discernment as we read God's Word and, and we, 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 in order for us to understand God's Word in a way that He purposes, we need that spiritual discernment that comes through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is at work. As we're reading God's Word, the Holy Spirit is there with us clarifying these verses that otherwise would be would not make sense. Otherwise we would not receive. And that's why the lost, the unsaved cannot understand God's Word. They don't have that spiritual discernment yet. Because they don't have the Holy Spirit working with them. But we do. But how often do we neglect again to sit down, hear from God through God's Word and study His Word? You, we would be that much more powerful vessels if we did our our part faithfully. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So the Holy Spirit will also help us in times of weakness and will intercede for us in our prayers as we lift up our burdens to God. He will lead and direct our prayer life in a way that's going to be most efficient and most productive and most fruitful. And, and Because many times, and we've all been there, we don't know what to pray for. We may not know what to pray for, but God knows. And God knows exactly what we should be faithfully praying for. And He uses the Holy Spirit to lead and guide our prayer life. And when you when we go through those... Uh, troubled times through those trials sickness we need to pray in a way where you know with the expectancy that God is going to intervene with the expectancy that God is going to answer but we do need again to have the Holy Spirit empower us as we pray it's a beautiful relationship that we have and the Holy Spirit will enable us to serve our Lord with all power and might. And that's what it, we want to do, of course. And finally, the, the Holy Spirit is involved in the sanctification process as we are being transformed from glory to glory, closer to the image of Christ. Right? And that's that we are all going through, we are being sanctified as Christians. And we're being transformed. We, for those of you who went to the men's retreat, we remember that verse in, in 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
beautiful verse that reminds us of this transformation process that's going on and and the fact that we are being transformed from glory to glory ultimately to 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 reach a point where we will be uh, reflecting the image of Christ in in and through us it's a work that God is faithful to ultimately finish in us and it's a work that's assisted by the work of the Holy Spirit and it's a work that that we need to do our part by submitting again to the Holy Spirit and doing our part by dwelling in his word meditating on his word to allow his word to 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 change us to transform us to correct us and to keep us on track the transforming power of the holy spirit is a blessing let's pray lord god we do thank you lord for who you are we thank you that you have uh, allowed us to have your help or the holy spirit to Continue the work that you have purposed in every one of our lives, Lord. Help us as men of God seeking to be tra- continue to be transformed, to be sensitive, to obey uh, the commands of your Holy Spirit in our daily living, Lord. Help us to lean on the strength of your Holy Spirit to continue to serve you in a way that will produce much fruit, Lord. Help us not to do it in our own strength. And help us to be reminded of the fact that you are our Lord. And help us to make you the master of our lives on a daily basis. In all areas of of where we're at, Lord, help us to establish you, your Lordship in our lives. And make that evident to all who are observing us, Lord. Ultimately, we want to be uh, a witness, a, a living epistle that people will see a difference in us. The, the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, the light that you call us to be, Lord. We thank you that, that your word continues to, to, to enrich us as, as Christians, to give us the knowledge, the wisdom, that, that the godly wisdom that we need as men, and, and, and even the, the correction and the conviction through your word, Lord. Thank you for encouraging us through your word, and thank you for allowing us to pray. Uh, with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in a way that will will produce uh, 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 a faithful answering of our prayers as as it has been evidenced in every one of our lives. Lord, you are a faithful God who does answer our prayers, and we thank you for that, Lord. So I lift up every man here tonight, Lord. Help them in in their in their daily walks, Lord, and and just again continue to do the work in them, strengthen them to a point where 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 their their wives, their family are going to see a big difference in them and 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 submit to their leadership of, of the home. And and ultimately, let your name be glorified in and through it all, Lord. In Jesus' name.